Trevor, it's Avery, it's Pat, it's the Citywide Special. The Phillies stay hot, winning eight of their last ten games. Jose Alvarado and Alec Bohm make their return from the I.L. Derek Hall continues his rehab assignment, but as Cody Clemens cemented his role as the starting first baseman. And as midseason approaches, which Phillies have made a case for an all-star appearance? The NBA offseason is officially underway. With free agency starting in two weeks, how soon will the James Harden situation be resolved? Will the Sixers pivot elsewhere? Could Daryl Morey consider a trade for Bradley Beal? The Flyers' organizational overhaul continues. Valerie Camillo has stepped down from her role as at Comcast Spectacor, while Patrick Sharp is brought in as a special advisor overseeing player development. Carter Hart has not been traded. He is still, at this moment, a member of the Flyers. All that and more coming up right now. How's it going, fellas? Pretty good. Can't complain. There's no smoke in my eyes today, so it was a nice little walk over here. Had a nice weekend. Nice good dinner before I came over here today, so feeling very, very good. Yeah, you got uh, jacked up at Xfinity and fought some dudes <laughs> over here. But, yeah. uh, that's always well, fun. Well-rested now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you're, you're healing up. You recovered. Maybe you've seen the masseuse that Trevor was talking about last episode. I need one, I'm not going to lie. My back's, back's still feeling fucked fine up. now. I didn't need to, I didn't need to go. <laughs> maybe I'll, maybe I'll do it for fun at some point, but I think my I think my neck has healed itself, thankfully. Yeah, Yo, do you know a good foot? If you, if they do feet, I could use a foot massage right now. Yeah, maybe. My bunion's been hurting the last couple of days, man. I don't know if it's the humidity that's been in the air with the storms in the area. Mm-hmm. It's been rough. Yeah, so just, uh, just give him a call. Like, yo, you do feet there? Yeah, yeah, just feet, nothing <laughs> else. Y'all, do, y'all be doing feet. <laughs> like we got back rubs, we got a sauna. You're like, all right, that's all sounds good, but like. What's your feet game like? <laughs> yeah, yeah, I could use a foot rub, but uh, other than that, I'm I'm pretty good. I'm a little bored now, right? Mm-hmm. It's uh, we're yeah. kind of hitting a, a dead part of the sports calendar. NBA finals are done, NHL finals are done, football's off until late July. Uh, so we got the the fills, we got baseball, but I think it's probably about time for me to catch up some on some TV. Got to catch yeah. up on. I think you should leave. Got to catch up on Dave. So uh, a few things to catch up on, but all in all, life's good. I had some weird shit happen this weekend. I was—I told you about this, but uh, I was—I guess this was uh, Saturday night. I was in Fishtown hanging out with some people. We're at um, we're at Fishtown Tavern on uh, on Frankfurt, just chilling. And all of a sudden, this fucking guy runs into the bar and starts yelling like. There's a guy who's gonna start shooting. He's gonna start shooting. Just like I was like, what the fuck? Everyone, everyone starts like freaking out, and like Jesus. I didn't really, it didn't like really register to me. And I just kind of like I was like a little drunk, and I just like just stood there, and then all of a sudden I turned around and realized that everyone had run to like the back of the bar, and I'm like <laughs> the only one standing. And I was like, what damn, the you would have got shot. I was like, what the fuck? Well, I mean, if the guy came in, he probably would have been better served to like go where everyone was crowded in the back. It would have been easy, easy pickings out there. But God, I was, damn. I was, I was kind of right there in the he open. He would have recruited you to help shoot. <laughs> yeah. like, Hold I would have just got immediate Stockholm syndrome. Like as soon as he walks in, it's like, hey man, you need any help with this? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> just, I'm, I'm cool. <laughs> just, yeah. just let me, just let me help yeah. out. I can, I'm with it. I'm with I can, it. I, I can it. point out all the guys to you. I can tell them where they're hiding. You know. <laughs> Like got I can tell you where all my friends are. That shit is fucked up, though. But yeah, but then like it was just it was just some guy like fucking around or something. I don't know. I don't know if it was like a. I don't know if the guy was like, 
you know, mentally ill or if he was just like some drunk asshole or what uh, was yes, going on. The but, old like, after, fake shooter joke. Yeah. But after a while, like the bouncer came in, comes in and he's just like, no, it's fine. Nothing's, nothing's, <laughs> there's no Jesus. guy with a gun. Like, good. But God. I was like, damn, dude, I would have been so pissed because like I only go, I mean, I hang out in Fishtown <laughs> like maybe three, four times a year probably. No, I don't go there that often. And it would have sucked if the one of the times I ended up getting iced in a fucking mass shooting. Good that would have God, sucked. Been yeah. I haven't been to Fishtown Tavern. I think the last time I was there when we were there to watch uh, what game of the, like the Sixers Hawks series. Oh wow! It was the uh, the Shake Milton, the Shake game. Milton game. Yeah. yeah, I think that's the last time I was there. Damn, that was a long. That was yep. Yeah. I was like, damn. Two years the, ago. The, yeah. The next time I'm here, I end up getting getting blasted by some virgin or whatever. Man, that would <laughs> suck. Well, fortunately, it wasn't real. Yeah, that was yeah, thank good. God. Glad you're still ended up, alive. Ended up having a good night, you know. Everyone's like, well, we survived that, so drinks on me. Yeah, yeah. What, what was... Hold on. Like, what, what was the atmosphere like after everyone realized that that was fake? Well, it was weird because we were already planning on... Like, we had our, we were already, like, on the way out. Like, we had all closed... We were going to go somewhere else, so we, like, closed out and everything. And then, like... A couple people were kind of like filing out because they were like freaked out or whatever. And then the, the the bouncer was just trying to be like, "No, it's fine. Everyone can chill. Like, don't go." <laughs> but um, yeah, we were already like leaving, so I didn't really know what the vibe was like in there afterwards. Gotcha. From my experience as a bouncer years back, I'm trying to think what I would do in that situation. It's like obviously you want people to stay and patronize the bar and pay money, but at the same time, the like you can understand off. if yeah. someone's like. You know, scared. Especially after something now, like that happens. yeah. Yeah, and the, this was almost ten years ago when I bounced. Now it's just things like that happen all the time. You hate to say it, but uh, I mean, I would need a shot though after that for sure. Yeah, yeah. I'd pr- you know what? I would probably get good and drunk. Not, yeah. not if I was bouncing, but well, yeah. as a customer. <laughs> yeah. yeah. But as a-, as a bouncer, I would encourage people to stay and have a good time. I might buy people a round or two just to encourage them to stay. You gotta be a little revved up after that. Like, adrenaline's gotta yeah, be pumping. You gotta chill for a little bit. Yeah, you yeah. need something to calm you down. Yeah. Well, as we alluded to in the opening, um, uh, our listeners remember last time, uh, Avery and Pat made a little wager <laughs> about Carter Hart, about whether or not he would be traded, and uh, Pat lost. So, he has to... Do three shots over the course of the pod. Some might say this is a win. Maybe I did this to myself. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm the king of those two. I mean, bets. if we had really gotten into it, I could have told you for however many reasons that there was no way he was going to get traded this week. But I mean, you know, I'll, uh, I don't do insider trading. I'll I just let... go with the, how I'm feeling that day. <laughs> but I bit myself and shot myself in the foot here. But that's all right. Yeah. So even when, even when you lose, you win. I'll do I'll do the first one with you. All right, man. Well, cheers to Carter Hart still being with the Flyers. Let's drink him, buddy. Yeah, I guess do we want to get into the Flyers first? Not a whole lot of news. Yeah, we can touch on them real quick. So, um, Valerie, I think it's Camillo. I would assume how you pronounce her last name. Leaves, steps down from Comcast Spectacore, which... Was kind of strange because when they had that opening press conference when they were introducing Keith Jones and Danny Briere and their new roles or whatever, she was there. She was like kind of, um, you know, one of the pieces in that press conference, making you think like she's going to be part of this going forward. So I don't know what if this was part of the plan all along. If she was sort of like nudged out uh, amicably, or if she was leaving on her own volition. I don't really know. This it's a little strange. But I mean, 
I don't know. She was just kind of the the head of the business operations, so it doesn't mean a whole lot for the hockey operations, but kind of intriguing. Yeah, I don't really have too much of a reaction to it. You kind of just said it. She was head of business ops, which certainly that matters, but at the same time, obviously, as a Flyers fan, as a Flyers fan base, having watched a middling team for the better half of the last 20 years, you're more concerned about what the the hockey operations side yeah. of things looks like. Could have been, uh, could have been, you know, Keith Jones just trying to do a favor for his boy Chris Terrian. Because I don't know if you ever listened to Chris Terrian. Oh, like, he yeah, hates yeah, yeah, her. Yeah, because he just because they fired him he, and just you know, he's always ranting about uh, it's all it's all corporate over there. He's extremely salty about just the salty whole Comcast it. ownership. Yeah. It's actually pretty incredible. I think a lot of fans though too are also a little. Not the biggest fans of the Comcast ownership, so for like, good reason. Yeah. yeah, it's just like decent. It's not a really. I think that anything that really super affects the team, but it is what it is. I mean, I feel indifferent about it. It's not like a a big thing for me at all. Yeah, and then they hired Patrick Sharp, great as name, a special advisor. He's going to be overseeing player development, which has definitely been a a lacking area of the team the past few years. So hopefully he can do a good job there. It was funny seeing people react to that as, oh, wow, another ex-Flyer. It's like, dude, you played like 60 games here. Right. <laughs> nobody <laughs> nobody outside of Philadelphia thinks of Patrick Sharp as a Flyer. And uh, like outside of Briere, who played in like the, the late, like, what, 2000s, mm-hmm. um, most of the former Flyers that they bring in are guys that played in like the, the 80s, the 90s, like the 70s. Yeah, so like this is a guy that young guy. he was a former flyer in 2006, right? Yeah, and uh, he had a long NHL career after that, and brings a better understanding of the modern game. Certainly, having been on those Blackhawk Blackhawk teams that won, and um, having been around the game much more recently than say some of these Cretans, like uh, the guy Kel Samuelson I mentioned last week, who played for Flyers in the 80s and had been involved with player development since 1999. Right. It's like, yeah, you got to get those kinds of former flyers out, man. But a former flyer from 06 that barely played, that understands the modern game, I'm all for it. And uh, what do I have here? He's a good-looking man. He's handsome, yeah. dude. Well, He's Patrick. a very sharp, sharp guy. A good-looking yeah. man. Sharp guy. They need some good-looking men in that front office. No disrespect to Briere, but he's kind of funny-looking. Keith Jones is <laughs> a little old for my taste. Patrick Sharp. 41. I was saying when, good. when, like, I remember people were passing on this picture of, of, of Briere at that opening press conference, and he has kind of like the black, like almost like slick back hair and Fake stuff. Black and he's looking got hair. The, the, he was wearing like the black suit and then, of course, the orange tie. And I was like, he looks like uh, like the front man for like an aging millennial, like emo oh, band. Oh, for sure. <laughs> he totally looks like, yeah, like the, yeah, the fucking, weird like, pale looking sweaty like, face, yeah. too. I'm like, oh, yeah, like, he looks like he's in like my kind of chubby romance now. or something. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's like getting the, he's like getting the band back together for a reunion tour. Like, he's we're like, we're doing warp tour one last time. <laughs> But yeah, I think Patrick Sharp, it should make a difference. I'm glad that, you know, Keith Jones, Danny Breer have identified just right away that player development was such a, an issue for this team for the last, who knows how long. It was almost yeah. non-existent I mean, was for part the last of, 20, 30 yeah, years. Yeah, I mean, part of the problem with the team the past, you know, five, ten years is just if you just go down the list of their draft picks, it's just like whiff, 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 whiff. And you wonder how much that is just bad luck and how much of it is maybe the fault of player development. With, 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 or then traded, traded, traded. Then they go off and get developed and they become a good yeah. player. Like, you know, we Trades haven't had Gabe player Bravsky, development here in years. Yeah. 
but it's good that they're on that same mind track of youthfulness in the front office. Hopefully that translates to, you know, what they want to do after putting this on paper. Yeah. So I guess that's pretty much all there is to say about the Flyers right now. Draft's still a little bit of ways away. Yeah, the, when uh, we got wild till free agency yet too, right? Yeah, I mean the finals yeah, just ended. The, yeah, finals. Yeah, both finals just ended. So, what do you make of uh, Vegas winning in six years? People are making such a big deal about. Yeah, they won in six years. The Flyers haven't won since 1970. Yeah, I mean it's definitely it's just definitely depressing to think about, and I kind of like. I mean, I was definitely rooting against Vegas just because I just kind of don't like all these teams being in Vegas. We'll, we'll probably talk about the the athletics. Yeah, that'll later. come up, right? But uh, yeah, but I mean, I don't know. I mean, I can't really be mad. Like they really, they that organization's well run. They earned it. I mean, a lot of it, things have been made about how they had all these advantages in the expansion draft and all this stuff. But if you look at some of the stars they have on their team, a lot of them were acquired through trades right. and just smart deals. Like they built that team really well. Not much else to say. They just, you know, they did a good job. I think that that is an interesting take just because it is, you know, you do have those Avengers as an expansion team. It's not like they move, like, you know, the Raiders were already an established franchise. They just happened to move to Las Vegas. So it's the same kind of organization, same top-down, whatever, just different location. I think that there is a definite advantage when you have a whole fresh leg under you that way where it's exciting people want to come play for you there's no tax at all salary wise playing in vegas so there's incentives that way too within free agency not a lot you know obviously you have to draft well and things like that but the fact that they got all those other players when they expanded for a little bit too i mean they were decent enough a couple years ago too when they first, yeah, first started year, yeah. Yeah. yeah so you know it's it's different but also you can't compare it to this flyers team where We've talked about it the past couple of podcasts. We're like, we haven't developed. We haven't brought in the right guys. We haven't really been playing well. We've been plagued with injuries. Like, it is what it is. But, you know, it sucks. But I don't think we can compare ourselves to something like that just yet. I mean, the NFL has expansion teams, too, that won fairly soon as well. Or at least been to the top. You know, things like that. Yeah. Carolina went to the Super Bowl before we yeah. had after a while. Things like that. So, shit happens. But that's just an excuse, I think, that people want to make up. Yeah, I think salty ass fans. Yeah, I think in one vein, it sucks that the Flyers have not won the Stanley Cup final since the seventies. But at the same time, it's two different situations. With the with Vegas, to your point, they started strong. They came in not to be the hashtag culture guy that I feel like I've become on the last several episodes. <laughs> Big culture guy. But uh, they kind of established a really strong culture from the get go with the, the start of that team, and they built a foundation really strongly, built around it. And it really sort of enticed free agents and wanted guys to play there once they got traded there. Whereas with the Flyers, no disrespect, but their culture is kind of just shot right now. Archaic. And uh, yeah. it's, it's, it's contributed to why they've been where they've been. Another thing that I did really enjoy about the fact that Vegas won was uh, a particularly brutal result for the Bruins. Because they, uh, you know, they fire Bruce Cassidy. He goes to Vegas. The... Panthers knocked them out in the first round after they have a historic oh, season. Good point. And yeah. then and then, then Bruce Cassidy beats the Panthers in the final. It's just like, ooh, extra salt in the wound there. It's yeah. like, you know, the only the, the only thing that I I've, I've had to hang our hats on the past uh, couple months is just the uh, the agony of Boston fans between the Celtics and the Bruins. So, I'll take that. Yeah, I'm going to see a lot of my Boston friends this weekend. I'm going to rub some salt. I remember I, yeah, when they 
fired cat i was like why did they get rid of bruce cassidy that, that I, at the time that struck me as a, a pretty crazy move which i mean i guess you could say it, it, they you know unaffected broke the record for yeah. points the next year but but then they did not win the, the stanley playoffs. cups yep <laughs> so i guess we can move on to the uh do we want to go to the fills or, or talk about the sixers first let's go to the fills i'm feeling the fills yeah it is june is June? It is the it is the baseball month. Yeah, every, for, everybody's been hitting. For, yeah, it's 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 officially hitting season. Schwarber's been killing it. Castellanos been killing it. Trey's back doing what he does. Um, yeah, really. On fire. Yeah, bullpen's been good. Everything's clicking. Knock they, on wood. Yeah, I mean, last week we were talking about are they going to be able to carry this over uh, with these better teams, and they win two out of three from the Dodgers. The uh, you know they're tied with the series with the Diamondbacks as assertively of recording, and but assertive tie. Yeah, but yeah, they've been, they've been looking good, hitting the ball really well, scoring lots of runs. I mean, I think the big question was last podcast too was all right. How do we feel about you know we understood that the last two teams you played with in Detroit and whoever else you played before them like they're bad teams. They're getting back on the track. Nationals. The Nationals. How do we think they're going to be against these teams? And I think they performed as good as we hope that they would they're not getting blown out when they lose they lose tough games you know as people do in professional leagues wherever you are but they also win games that that matter and i think that their main focus is now which i think is kind of like a way too far out now but i think to get ready for the playoffs you have to think of it as short series at a time rather than just like putting together wins and hoping that it works out but like you know they won the series against the dodgers who were coming in hot off of a tough series against the diamondbacks who are also hot so the fact that we were able to beat them in the way that we did was pretty amazing to see. And they're giving the Diamondbacks a run for their money as well in all aspects of the game. Hitting, pitching. Feel, I mean, Ramuto hits us for the cycle. And a couple of weeks ago, we were talking about how we were, you know, it's like poking a, a rock with a stick oh, watching these guys I was play. Ready, I, I was, was ready to come on this pod this week and talk shit on JT, but yeah. he's had a good couple of games. Fantastic. I mean, a historic game yeah. uh, two day, three days ago. I mean, it's it's been fun to watch, which... It hasn't been up until this point, which I'm excited to be still cautiously optimistic to see how they continue this stride out here. But it's a step in the right direction for yeah. sure, which is exciting to see. It's good timing, too, because lately I've just been like, well, I'm going to watch the NBA Finals instead of the Phillies tonight. Yeah. I'm going right. to watch the Stanley Cup instead of the Phillies tonight. Now that's over, glad that I don't have to tune into a, a shitty Phillies team at the moment. Yeah, they're putting up, I mean, six, seven runs a game on average over the last six games, which has been great to see. It's not like you're watching. It's... Nothing's more boring than when there's nothing else on. It's a one nothing game, and they win it that way. Like, yeah, it's great for a pitching game, but you want to see guys hit the ball, and they've been demolishing the ball lately, which has been amazing to see. So you know, June, everybody hit Schwarbaum, back in action. Trey Turner, keep those phone calls coming from your mom to rip you apart. I love it. <laughs> um, Castellanos, can't say enough about him. He's been on a tear, too. He's killing it. Speaking of potential all-stars and stuff like that, he yeah. should definitely get an all-star nod. I think he's earned it this year for sure. He's the guy that we picked up. He's the guy that we hope we got last year we picked him up, and he's doing what leaps and bounds beyond that right now. Yeah, I think back to um, – I think I brought this up when we had our, our Phillies season preview episode, but I think back to the World Series last year. And Castellanos was just, just looked awful. Terrible. Flailing at ball after ball, slider a foot off the plate. He Fielding was good, it. but hitting was... Yeah, pfft. I mean hitting. Offensively, he was just ugh. Trash. But 
I remember thinking to myself and saying this and John Smoltz on the broadcast is the same thing after I, right after I thought it. <laughs> don't don't really want to be in agreement with John Smoltz too often, but uh, I was in agreement with him here and that I thought that Castellanos, once he really settled in, had an off season to, to collect himself, got the Ben Simmons juju out of his house, and really just sat there and got sage to just in there. Yeah. Yeah, he probably did sage <laughs> the shit out of the Simo the Savage's house. But uh, I thought that he was going to have a bounce back year, and so far he has. He's been consistent all season. I think what's been exciting the last couple of weeks is that some of the other guys that we expected to contribute are contributing. You know what I'm saying? We got JT hitting for the, hitting cycle. For the cycle and then had a good game again last night. Um, Trey Turner, his mom must be calling him and cussing at him every day because <laughs> yeah. he's crushing it. Um who he else we got? Two, he had two walks and two stolen bases last night by the second inning. Yeah, yeah, yeah that was awesome. And he hasn't he hasn't really been stealing bases yeah. for well, a guy that has been on base. Yeah, on base percentage of like two ninety, you're not going to have an opportunity to steal too much. But uh, yeah, in addition to to him, you look at uh, Cody Clements. Yeah, he stepped looks, up yeah. out of nowhere. He must be doing his dad's roids, man. He's killing it. <laughs> well, you know why he's got two good thumbs too. So you know what I mean. If I'm I, yeah, that's the first uh, mark of a of a good first baseman is having two functioning thumbs. <laughs> yeah, I was just not thinking about the pain, you know. Well, yeah, your boy's sure. rehabbing. If, if Cody Clemens tore a ligament in his thumb, you know he'd be back out there the next day. <laughs> just put some ice on it, just through gritted teeth. Yeah, yeah. he just put some roids some in there. Dude. Yeah, just get get some of Dad's roids. Mm-hmm. He just take it. Is, it is kind of weird and bizarre how Roger Clemens is like a part of the Phillies family now. Like he's out there throwing batting practice and shit. Yeah, it's like what the fuck? dude. You <laughs> saw the one the one clip of Castellanos' son taking BP off Roger Clemens. Yeah. It's like, imagine you're that kid. You get to be like, yeah, I took BP off of... Is he in the Hall? No, he's not in the Hall of Fame because of the Roy allegations. I, yeah. A should-be Hall of Famer. Should be, yeah. You're, should be. you're an eight-year-old kid like, damn, I just hit a ball off Roger Clemens. It's, that kid probably feels like he's on top of the world. Big but uh, I digress. It is wild that Roger Clemens is basically a Philly. Would have been nice to have had him 25 years ago, but we got him now, I guess, for whatever that's worth. Yeah. But, uh... They're just back to being fun to watch, and that's Phillies baseball has been historically, when they're good, fun. They're not just like winning five four or three two. Like they, they hit, everybody hits, Woo-hoo! and the pitching and the pitching has been lights out. I mean, you got guys going six seven, and it's funny because at the beginning of the season, I feel like um, they were just using their pitchers up to like the fourth inning, they're pulling them out. You know, they'd only be down by two or whatever, no matter who was pitching, and it was like, why are we going right to the bullpen already? But you look at it now, and it seems as though you know maybe they were just giving those guys rest for a little bit or whatever they were doing to get used to the the new pitch count and things like that. Yeah. But it had, I mean, now they're going into the seventh inning with pff, no runs given up, maybe three or four hits. I mean, we had a stretch against in between the dot the Detroit series into L.A. You know, you'd go in seven innings, six innings of a no hitter just about. Yeah. I mean, it was crazy to see, which is fun. and that was without Ranger really being back to where he should be yet. So. Mm-hmm. It feels good. I'm happy where they're at. I'm not ready to be super excited yet because you know. Yeah. What do you? Uh, you mentioned the the pitch clock there briefly. What do you you make of this whole uh, idea that Aaron Nola is still struggling with the pitch clock? That whole thing that happened the other day where he was kept trying to get, uh, tossing balls out to try to buy more time, and the ump called him out for it. It became a whole thing. 
Do you think that there's anything to that, or is that just kind of? I think it's just not his year. I, uh, like, I think he's got a big fat uh, contract. He's just got his eyes on. Uh, like, as far as the pitch clock goes, there there was that that whole conversation about how it is faster at CBP, which the yeah. Phillies are aware of, and other teams are aware of. What's funny is the Phillies have not really benefited from it. So to your point about Nola kind of trying to buy time to circumvent the fact that the pitch clock is reportedly faster at CBP, I get it. Like, I understand that he is searching for whatever advantage he can get because the pitch clock is shafting them a little bit. But at the same time, man, no one else really needs to do that. And I just, I said this, I think, after the first game of the season where Nola looked really bad that I was hopeful that a contract year wouldn't get into his head. I just think it's in his head. It is in his head. But also, he has games where he'll go six innings of a yeah. shutout inning. I mean, he had that, like, I mean didn't, he have, didn't he have like a, a no-hitter going? Yeah. Right, that right, was before, Nola, right? right before Wheeler. Right, right. before he gave up. But like a he's been very up and down this year. He had just, six yeah. and one-third, six and six and two-thirds inning of a no-hitter, and they gave uh, the home run to... Yeah, uh, I mean, that's like his whole... I feel like that's been like his whole career is kind of just so frustrating because he'll just be lights out for five, six innings and then just completely implode. Give up a bomb in like the worst possible time of the game, yeah. too. Like, yeah. we're not ahead by eight. We're only up by one. You give up like a three-run homer. You're like, all right, now the offense has to wake up because they thought it... But at the same time, every pitcher that comes into CBP has to do the same thing. So the fact that it's your home, home court... I think that's a a mental thing, if anything else. Um, it was good to see Topper get a little fired up that one day, which is good to see. Getting, you know, out of the dugout, you know, out of the ump, which he never usually does. But I don't know. At the same time, I think that he's actually been having a pretty good season. So, like, the fact that he's so concerned about playing at home and now it's in his head, that is the worst possible scenario you could have for your your ace. Really. I just think the pitch clock, the pitch clock combined with just his struggles in the contract year, it just hasn't been a great year for him. Um, I will say that if we start talking about what I'm most concerned about, Nola is the biggest concern for me for the rest of the year. I've written down in my notes, just he can't get consistent, man. And certainly when it's May, when it's June, that's not a backbreaker. But when it's October, November, if we make it that far, I don't know when the World Series is supposed to be this year. But when it's later in the season, he we can't be affording these these Nola letdown games where he gives up six runs and is out of the game in the fourth inning. With anybody in the starting, you know, the, the top three pitchers, but For I think sure, that at the same he's, time, he's been the culprit lately. Where he's up, he's down. He's up, he's down. You know, I also feel like. When he first started with the Phillies, he was kind of like the guy for a while. Now you got Wheeler, arguably our true ace in the hole right there. I mean, I think that Wheeler has been, night in, night out, the guy on the mound. When he pitches that game, I'm watching the whole game because I'm like, all right, this yeah. guy's going to go at least. definitely the guy you have the least concern about. Yeah. Right. Even when he has an off night, like the other night, his fastball wasn't really there, but his his uh He's still his other, his other pitches, yeah, his breaking yeah, balls were doing awesome great. Game. So it's like, you know, I feel great with him. With Nola... A bad pitch ends up being a fucking, you know, out of the park home run just about. Like, yeah. something is not clicking. Like you said, it's either the, the clock or the contract coming up, or he's just a bitch. I don't know. Like, <laughs> you know, it is what it is. I mean, you're in the league for so long. People play. You've been, we're talking June now. You're a professional athlete. 
you've been dealing with this clock now since spring training. You're aware of it. You understand it. So you're two seconds short at Citizens Bank. Come on now. Relax. It's all in his head. Especially with the way we're hitting. It's not the time to get in your head about how much clock is on your ass. When the offense is finally clicking, now you want to be a little bitch boy and be like, oh, I don't know what I'm doing. Come on. I need another ball. Yeah. Another ball, please. Yeah, I think that those are just stall tactics to try to compensate for the faster pitch clock. But ultimately, I just think everything's just in his head right now. He also doesn't ever look fired up. I mean, that's that's. I don't want to go. I don't want to go on a rant here about <laughs> Nola. I know I like the guy. Probably time for a shot too after this. But I'm just saying, <laughs> yeah. this is what I'm having. This is what's going to happen here. Get that next one in. But like Wheeler, he'll give up a big hit, unfazed. You know what I mean? Even Walker, bases loaded. Would he have one out? He was unfazed. They did a mound visit. He got two outs right away. Boom, called it a day. If that was Nola on the mound at that game, it would have been game over. It would have been a grand slam given up. He just doesn't seem like he's motivated or jazzed up or I don't know what, but something's going on in his head that's not right. See, he's never really been a fire emotional type, which I get it, but um, and I'm not going to fault him for that. I'm, I'm not... Doesn't have to be. I'm not saying you got to start getting crazy, but, but show something here. I just think what it comes down to is the contract is in his head, which was what I feared the 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 day that we had our uh, our post game recap after game one. That was the thing that I said. I hope this isn't a year where Noel's contract just on his mind and has been. So for me, I would say he's my biggest concern. Um, what about you guys? As we start to move forward with this team in the midst of what could be a defining stretch. What are you most confident in? And what are you not so confident in? What are you what are you scared of, essentially? Uh I mean I guess the biggest thing I mean obviously this isn't as big of a problem when you get to the um the playoffs, but that fifth starter is still just a black hole in the in the rotation. Um, I, I hate bullpen games. I'm tired. Of, I'm tired of seeing bullpen games. I don't need to see uh, Strom start any more games. No, um, you don't like a pastrami. A pastrami, yeah. <laughs> oh man, not when it's not on rye. That, yeah, I mean that's probably about, though. I did see that uh, Painter's starting to throw again. I was going to bring that up. So yeah. if he can come in, that that kind of solves that problem. But as of right now, um, yeah, I just I can't fucking take any more of the bullpen games. Drive me nuts. Yeah, I hear you. It's these bullpen games, man. Like that one the other night, they probably would have won. They ended up losing nine eight. If they yeah. have a starter in the game, they probably don't blow that five run lead early, and they probably win that. But it is what it is. Bullpen games are kind of a reality in Major League Baseball. Yeah, right it's now. becoming more of a more of a thing. If they do get Painter in there and Nola figures this shit out, I mean, there's still and, there's still time for him to win Rookie of the Year. Hey, you got that <laughs> bet? Yeah, man. What are you most confident in then? Um, probably just the bats. I mean, yeah. I think you know, I uh, I think early in the year it was just a, fa- a matter of there's too many of these guys that are just happen to be going through a slump at the same time. But I don't, you know, even even when Trey Turner was having like the worst stretch of his career, I wasn't really that worried about it because I'm like, I don't think the like, you know the best shortstop in baseball just all of a sudden turned into a a replacement level player for no reason. I'm, this is going to turn around at some point, and, and it has. And I think Castellanos has been playing like himself. Schwarber has been fine. Harper has been fine. Like, you know, you go down that lineup, uh, 
Yeah, I mean, that's probably the thing I have the most confidence in. It should be the most consistent. It seems like even if a few guys go into a, a, a bit of a slump, there's enough there's enough power in the lineup to make up for it. You know, like, I mean, earlier in the year you had uh, Marsh was raking. Um, and now I mean, Bryson's, was killing it too earlier. Yeah, in the year. boom. Yeah. Bryson Stott's been Stott hitting the ball really He's well. He's hitting over 300. Yeah. yeah. That's awesome. See, I think that that's a good one. That actually was mine, but I got another one for what I'm most confident. But, Pat, you can go before I do my most confident. What are you most confident about and what are you scared of? I'm most scared of lack of consistency with this team. I think that when they're hot, they're red hot. And when they're cold, it seems as though, like, if someone that's been hot, like JT right now, if he goes 0 for 4 for a couple times, then it's like, then you see Schwarber go cold, or then you see Trey Turner, then it's like a a trickle-down effect. So consistency for me is a lack of confidence. My biggest confidence is is Schwarber. I think that he's a guaranteed home run every other game, just about. I think, you know, yeah, he'll he'll strike out a good bit or he'll do whatever. I get that. But he is what he is. And that first slot. You think he's going to hit 81 home runs? I mean, because <laughs> you said he's good for a home run. Well, right, well, I mean, no, no. I'm just saying. I mean, right. if he hits a home run every saying, other game for the rest of the year, he might break Barry Bonds' record. I'm just saying, not every. Okay, yeah, fine. Not every other. I'm just saying, you know what I mean, though? Like, yeah, you know, yeah, yeah, yeah. I don't mind him at the top, you know, in the one hole striking out a lot or whatever he does because his home runs do matter. It'll be nothing, nothing. It'll be whatever. He does a great job. So I think that, that Schwarber. Off. Yeah, Schwarber, yeah. like. I won like 50 bucks off that. Schwarber too. hitting a home oh, yeah. run is what I'm the most confident in. Everything else, in terms of the offense, it all comes down to consistency. And can they keep it going? Can they keep it? You know, when you play a divisional team, can you win that series? Even if the even if the team is going to be the Marlins or the Mets, if they're going to tank like that and be ass, like, so I think consistency is my biggest concern. My biggest, you know, what I'm more confident in is Schwarber hitting home runs. Word. Yeah, I think. Uh... Schwarber every year, man, starts slow. June hits. That's what he does. He crushes yeah. it. And then last year after June, he just rode it out. Like yeah. he wasn't hitting for as high an average after June, but he still hit. Even he in led the, the league of homers, so he hit a lot of dingers. Even after in the June. playoffs, he was hitting home runs left and right. I mean, the guy was hitting crucial, crucial game time home runs. Yeah, so it's funny how him in the leadoff spot just—it doesn't seem like it makes any sense, but it, it just doesn't. works. It yeah, just dude, works. he gets on yeah. base a lot, though. For yeah, a guy he who should well, be cleanup, yeah. he is way better as the leadoff guy. I mean, that's the luxury of having guys like Harper and Castellanos and all these guys in the lineup that you don't need to—you don't need to just be like, okay, he's the home run guy; he's automatically the fourth batter. You can have the luxury to kind of play around like that, and you can put a guy like that leadoff. When you have someone that brings that thump in the leadoff spot, yeah. right I mean, away you can take a one nothing lead exactly. and really you rattle a pitcher. Right. Yeah. yeah, so it's big. So yeah, I think Schwarber is great, and having him at the top of the lineup for the rest of the year pretends well. Yeah, your point about consistency, I think certainly I touched on Aaron Nola, but throughout the team we've kind of seen it. Guys mm-hmm. have been hot and cold. A lot of these guys, that's who they are throughout their careers. You just hope that they don't all go cold at the same time because if that happens. Toast. Um, so, yeah, for me, I already talked about the thing that scares me is NOLA. The thing I'm most confident in is that the rest of the National League is kind of ass, man. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, the I Diamondbacks think, are supposed to be the best team in the league. And, I mean, you put a 15 runs on last night. Uh, yeah, the Dodgers are supposed to be really good. We took two out of three recently. The Braves, 
one of the best teams in the league. We split against them in a series we should have won if Nola had his shit halfway together. So, yeah, I'm confident, right, that I don't think we win the NL East. I think that the Braves have built enough cushion that it's probably not going to happen. But the Mets are trash. The Marlins are ahead of us in the NL East standings and the wildcard standings. But they have like a negative 30 run differential. Yeah, that, that's, they're, they're going to come back. It's there. not sustainable. The Pirates miss me with that. The Brewers, ass. Um, the Padres, they're supposed to be contenders. Bad this year. See, I'm confident, man, that even if we don't win the NL East, that the rest of the NL is incompetent enough that if the Phillies can get consistent and ride it out, we'll we'll make a we'll get a wild card spot and make the playoffs with relative ease. And like we've seen, once you get the playoffs and you come back to Citizens Bank, it's a good it's a good for a really long run. Exactly. So yeah, that, that that's the thing I'm most confident in. We'll get is we'll get in on the strength of the NL being pretty mediocre. Then once we're in, we've shown we can hang with anybody. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just got to get in. Uh, does that pretty much wrap up the fills? Yeah, I mean, we could talk about All-Stars. We did mention Castellanos. Uh, I think yeah. we all agree. I think he should definitely be... I think he's due for a nod. JT, obviously. Mm. I think that, I mean... I don't know if JT makes it. He might have dug himself too big of a hole. Like him and Turner, normally you would say, yeah, but I think they may have... Uh, Start off JT. the season too poorly to. I mean, if you go by how they're playing now, sure, but JT's got making their season and whole in season. In terms of Joe, if you look at the catchers though across the NL, dude, there's a couple good catchers. Will Smith for the Dodgers, yeah. the Braves catcher, I forget his name. They're both putting up way better numbers than JT. I think JT could get in just based on reputation and merit. Definitely. Certainly. I don't know how like the MLB works that way in voting. Because you see in the NFL and, every, and NBA where like, you know, LeBron, everybody gets put in. That's just that they've been there for so long. Um, so I think JT maybe should be a stretch. But I think Castellanos deserves to be an all-star this year. For sure. I have him there. I think Wheeler has an outside shot if he continues to pitch the way he's been pitching. And then... Uh, I've seen a rumor that said the MLB wants Kimbrel in there for Schwarber? some reason. I mean, Schwarber should be one. Hey, Kimbrel has been good. Probably won't get into the game because relief pitchers don't really like, have true. a whole lot of opportunity. But Schwarber should it. get the nod. I think if Schwarber continues to hit home runs and he can get his average above 200, certainly. But I his can't. Stats, yeah, how many, how many times is the sub 200? The thing is, though, yeah, but right. his stats are. But for his position, though, home runs and RBIs, like the fun stats. He's blowing out most of the other guys that play left field in the NL, which is like it's an interesting that, case. Like, I wouldn't consider that's it, what's but... tough with Schwarber is that like he only does home runs, and if someone's on base, RBIs. But other than that, it's yeah. it, you know. But he does consistently just smack balls out of the park. So yeah, his run production is very good despite his really low batting average, right? Which is interesting. Yeah, like these days, like he reminds, batting average doesn't carry as much weight as it did 15 years ago. He reminds me of uh, like late in the year. Or like late in the in his tenure, Ryan Howard, like it was either home run or bust. But he's a little better. But, but yeah, I being, get what you mean. But without yeah. being the cleanup guy, he still has a pretty large RBI count, which mm-hmm. is kind of funny. But you know, I mean, those Castellanos and Schwarber are my two guys. Word. I would have said Marsh. I like prior to, Marsh prior to his slump. But yeah, yeah, what Brandon got a little cold. Yeah. Yeah, I don't think. As good as he started off, I don't think that was ever going to be sustainable. But 
Wet Brandon will solid. make an all-star team as a Philly. Mark my words. Definitely. I love Wet Brandon, man. I hope that happens. His defense, too, is lights out. Yeah. He's also just the man, dude. Wet Brandon, he's a good dude. When they get the little cups of water, too. Uh, what do you think of his 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 fan group? The uh, the what is it called? The the Marsh Marshes Mellows. That's some lame it's shit. Pretty bad. Dude. I don't like that one. That's soft as hell, man. It should be Brandon's. Oh. It should be Brandon's Marsh or what's a swamp? They should all like yeah. Is it a marsh? Swamp thing, man. Is it a marsh? A marsh is a. Yeah, not yeah, quite a swamp. It's a very similar. Swampy. It's a, it's just like a, white marsh is swamp things. Yeah, and they marsh can all is, just. Be all dirty and wet like him. Or yeah. like Shrek. People love Shrek. It'd be Marsh's Shrek, some shit like that. <laughs> yeah. Well, I don't fucking know. I mean, yeah, I can see it. <laughs> but yeah, I think... Uh, It'd definitely be like, you know, they should all just have like, um, in the stands, they should all just have like a big, like, wet. Lar- huge glass of like water on, on the ready. And then if he hits a home run, they all just like dump it on their heads. Hell like, yeah. Mm-hmm. That's but you got to have long about. hair to be in that crew. Yeah, you or, have, a wig. or like a wig. Or a yeah. wig. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think All Star Nod too. Uh, for the All Star IR, Derek Hall, he could be on there too. Yeah, big big, th- big <laughs> yeah. thumbs up to him. He could be on there. <laughs> the oh the injured All Stars. That would be a fun idea. I'm just gonna play his villain in real life. I'm never gonna support yeah, him. Yeah, you're gonna have to just be on the Derek Hall yeah. A train for the rest of your life and I'm, for the rest I, of his Phillies career. I will accept that. It's funny they do they they do the uh, the the injured list All Star game and obviously they can't play so they have them just play like a a tournament of like MLB the show. But even Derek Hall can't fucking do it because he can't use his <laughs> thumb. Oh, you can't you can't even game. Yeah, man. that's but <laughs> of course, like we said, he is he is playing now. He's <laughs> Go for him. Way to go, big dog. Way to get out there. His spot is gone. Doesn't help. If that that Cody Clement hit was 30 feet to the left, he'd have been all right. Yeah. So I guess that uh, just about wraps up. Yeah, that's some good Phil's talk. Baseball. The Sixers. Yeah, we can talk some Sixers, man. So um, I forgot about this. Yeah, check this out. Oh, <laughs> I got a fucking, I got a fucking soundboard. Oh, you got sound effects? <laughs> yeah, dude. Oh. What was that? A gun? Yeah. Like he, said a gun gun. What else you got? yeah he said I was in Fishtown. Yeah, he said I was in Fishtown at the wait, bar. Oh, well, it's like, oh shit, it's John Morant. <laughs> like, like, yo, I'm, I'm sorry, John. I just thought you, you, you were carrying the ball. You're not allowed to do that. Oh, shit. <laughs> yeah, whatever. Weren't we supposed to find out after, after the, the finals? finals well, this the... is yeah. This is uh, Adam Silver's time to shine. I, they haven't said exactly when it's going to be. I was thinking. I was thinking what they should do is he should he should have ESPN make make him like a, a like special like the LeBron decision. It's like the the Adam Silver like the decision. He should tell how many games he's going to suspend. <laughs> Oh man, yeah, this is definitely Adam Silver's uh, time in the sun. I mean, dude, you he's got Zion. You, you saw the Zion Williams. Yeah, this shit Zion too? story is crazy. The Zion story is crazy. Damn, funny. I was eating that shit up. That yeah, is I was hysterical. on Twitter the other day and I looked up this girl and she was just. It, I can't tell. Every tweet <laughs> was just at Zion Williamson. It could have been us. At Zion Williamson, she's a bitch. She's a hoe. Yeah, I, I can't believe you would do this. I still at love Zion you, Zion Williamson. That's why you hate your team. That's why they hate you. That's why you she fly me around. She came for everything. Yeah. 
But I can't tell if she hates him or she loves him because it's very like just ditch There's her. There's a thin line between she's love like, and hate. She's like, ditch her, come back to me. I'm like, well, he just had the baby now. It's like it's a very confusing thing to see right here. But damn, that shit was funny as hell. Yeah. what? And then you got Stephen A talking about it. Did you see that clip? Uh, um, I don't think so. Oh my yeah, god! I think I did see that. That shit was funny as hell. Oh my god, I love Stephen A. But damn, he was like, no wonder Zion has been playing. He's like, you know, you're walking around the sidelines. He's like, oh my, uh, my foot hurts. He's out there with a special woman. <laughs> like the way he talks, I can't do it. <laughs> yeah. I can't yeah, do it right. He's got that right. New York. He's like... got that like. Oh my god, it's hysterical. Yeah, Stephen A's, he's got that special delivery, but... Uh, she's posted videos of, like, just being in New Orleans, assuming that, like, she's with Zion, but, like, anybody could do that. She's like, see, I was there, November, whatever, but, like, no one knows what the fuck that means. Like, she didn't yeah. have Zion in the video, it was just a video of, like, a random-ass hotel on Canal Street, like, I'm here in New Orleans, okay? Yeah, but that shit was hysterical. She's thirsty for attention, but Zion hasn't painted himself in the best light with all this either, the... Ugh. The best is he's like, how do I play cool on Snapchat? I'm gonna call my name Zion Williamson on Snapchat. <laughs> like all <laughs> all the snaps aren't even like a different name. It just says Zion. Dude, he's <laughs> like, not hiding behind a burner. He's no coward. No, yeah, I respect it, but like it's just funny as shit. But uh, <laughs> yeah, I forgot. But I got congrats this too. He's gonna be a dad, so that's good. You know. I got one for when uh, when when Pat says that Hart Carter Hart's gonna be traded. <laughs> <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, we got sound effects now. Nice. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm trying to bring the podcast up to a more professional level, you know? Now we're hey, talking. Just, we, just uh, up, we just leveled up. Yeah, yeah. We went from uh, level one to, let's like, now nah, we're at like level three before. We're at level yeah, four. Yeah, we're, yeah. we're on the move. I got <laughs> oh, that would have been you at Fishtown Tavern. Yeah, this would have been me getting... You would have been hiding behind the blasted bar. up. You would have been in a bunker somewhere. You yeah. have... Because... This one kind of goes on for a while. Yeah, <laughs> like, this one stop. <laughs> now it's this very cheap software. I only paid like two dollars for it, so there's no. <laughs> this shit. Uh, there's no pause button. I can't. This shit just goes. There's nothing I can do. <laughs> damn man, you can't make it stop. So we're. God damn. Jesus. That shit went off. like got smoky in here. It smells like gunpowder. Yeah, it's like last week all over again. Damn. Jeez. You don't have you don't have one that sounds like ninety five crumbling to the ground. Yeah, you'll have to find that because yeah. we're about to talk about that after the All Sixers. Right. Yeah, let's get into the Sixers real quick. The third one, so keep us moving. Now. Yes. Having having a little too much fun here. Yeah, so the Sixers, right? So, um, I guess we can talk about the coaches and their uh, their media appearances. So, I guess this would have been first. Nick Nurse went on the Brian Windhorse pod. On Sunday, before Game Six, Game yeah. Five, Game Five of the NBA Finals, and um, didn't really say too much um, as far as his relationship with uh, Harden. He did say that he met with Harden and sort of talked about the the things that he would like to do. Didn't really say too much about Harden's buy-in or whether he sees Harden staying with the team or not. What I will say is that. During the interview, there were a couple different times where he was talking about the future of the Sixers, kind of just included Harden in there. I don't know if that's just coach speak, just saying, hey, I have to act like he's going to be here under the assumption that he is, but understanding full well that he may not be. Or maybe Nick Nurse knows something that we don't, that Harden is coming back. What do you all make of that? I think that... Oh, you go ahead. I think that... 
to your point where like you know you just say it in hopes that he does come back like if you're <clears throat> we're in a good position where we have had him the last couple of years so we're hoping that he just stays here like i feel like we're in the easier spot where somebody else that wants him has to either give something up or find cap room or you know how does he fit on the team he already's been playing with us for a couple of years we know how he fits on the team how do how do we build around him so I think talking in positive light is probably more beneficial to the team, even if they're not sure. If you talk to it in negative way, you know, negative speak, negative outcome, positive thoughts, positive positive outcome. So I think that in that sense, you know, nobody really fucking knows. And I think that though when we first got him, and even last year when we got PJ Tucker and all that stuff, like there were some backdoor conversations that kind of bit us in the ass, but it worked out for us in the long run. I think that you know, like I said, I think they're just talking it into a positive light. They might just be trying to speak it into existence at this point. Because there's no real, there's no evidence to prove that he wants to go one way or the other. I mean, I've seen even like local Philadelphia news and other outlets and Reddit and stuff like that where like, it sounded more positive of Philadelphia stay, but it's all, it's all hearsay. No one's, it's not from Harden or anybody close friend or anything like yeah. that yet. Yeah, I don't, I don't. I mean, I don't know what to. I didn't listen to this Nick Nurse interview, so I don't oh, really know okay. what to make of it. But uh, I, at this point, I think I'm going on the record as saying I believe James Harden will be a 76er next year. Would you make a bet right now? <laughs> Wait, how many shots? <laughs> mm. I think three is the record. Yeah, that's, I think that's three fine. is a common yeah, thing. It's sure. Three of us. Well, right. are you saying for sure he's not? I'm not. Are you confident that he's? Is anyone here confident that he's not? I can, I'm not confident. Actually, no, I'm not confident other. one way or the other. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah, I, can, I don't know if I can take that bet. Yeah. Well, I mean, whatever. But I'm just, mm-hmm. I just, at this point, I just, I don't think that. I, I mean, I think this whole thing has just been trying to create mm-hmm. a market and build up, uh, you know, try to manufacture some kind of bidding war between the Rockets and the Sixers. And I just don't think that uh, the Rockets are as interested as, uh, you know, Harden may have thought they were. I, you know, I mean, at this point, I mean, he, I think he knows he's not getting a max. I mean, that's why he hired an agent. Like, that's why he's saying he's torn to try to raise his. Yeah, value it's all gamesmanship. Yeah. It's all like, I mean, I think at the end of the day, I, I, I think he's back here. To your point, I think there is no market. I think you're right. I think that really, like, what, what has he proven in these last two, three years as a Sixer that would elevate his market level compared to who else is out there who's younger and on the same page. Yeah, there what were, is what is your enticing factor to bring him in on that deal? There were rumors of Phoenix, um, which I could have seen previously, but now that Fred Van Vliet op- opted out, I think Phoenix goes after him. He fits more with Devin Booker's timeline. He's he'll pair he'll pair great with Devin Booker with KD, assuming they let Chris Paul walk. I think he's Fred Van Vliet's a good Chris Paul replacement, which takes a team out of the hard market. So yeah, it ends up being. The Sixers, Houston, if Houston's willing to pay him a little more to bring him back home, then let him. I don't think either team, I think both teams recognize, yeah, we can't give this guy a max. So it's just, which team wants him more? Which team's going to pay him a little more? And is Harden willing to sacrifice winning in Philly if Houston's going to give him, say, 20 million, 10 to 20 million more a year? Yeah. I think he probably is, just because I think he's kind of a loser. But uh, I wouldn't be surprised if he's back. It just seems like a big game of chicken to me. I feel like the, he's trying to wait out to see who would going to throw him an offer. But I also think that 
at the same point, he's waiting to see what the Sixers do. Like, who are we going to bring in? Like, there's no way he's not in someone's ear trying to figure out what we're going to do yet. Yeah. There was he, also some story that came out today, which this was our, already kind of, like, um, you know, alluded to in the media, but I think it came out that they they actually had, like, a meeting with him and Maury and Doc, and, he, and apparently Harden pretty much just said straight up, like, I like I can't continue with Doc as the coach. It makes so, sense. So like he, you know, they pretty much. I mean, I think they. It made sense to fire Doc anyway. It was just kind of that. Whatever you think about Doc, I feel like it had run its course. But it seems pretty clear that, um, you know, Harden was definitely uh, uh, pushing that and maybe responsible for make, making that an easier decision. Yeah, and I think um, Doc kind of alluded to to Harden being hard to coach in the uh, the Bill yeah, Simmons interview. Yeah, the Bill interview. Simmons pod. Yeah. So yeah, we, there were a couple other things I wanted to say about Nick Nurse hiring assistant coaches. I wanted to include that one rant from the assistant oh, coach. Yeah. But I'd rather talk about Doc and what he had to say about James Harden because it was it was pretty enlightening. Um, Bill Simmons, known Boston guy, don't really like him. Couldn't really care less if he died tomorrow. Quite frankly, but. Uh, He's close to it. (laughs) (laughs) But uh, he had Doc on his pod. And uh, funny enough, right? Nick Nurse is on the Brian Windhorst pod Sunday morning. Doc's on the the Bill Simmons pod Sunday night. You know Mm -hmm. Doc staged that. He was like, yeah. I see see Nick's on this pod this morning. I got to get on here tonight. I got to be the petty ex that just won't stop talking. And sure enough, he was the petty ex that wouldn't stop talking. But... The point that he made about Harden is Bill Simmons asks, was coaching James a challenge? Doc says, yes, it was very challenging. Just uh, James had the idea in his mind that he wanted to run the team the same way he ran his teams in Houston, that it's heliocentric around him. And Doc's under the impression, rightfully so, actually, that when it comes down to winning playoff games, winning championships, you saw with Denver, you have to be able to win many ways. You saw with Miami, they they had different guys stepping up every night and filling roles that they weren't traditionally filling during the regular season. So, yeah, Doc kind of mentioned like, yeah, he had his issues coaching James, not even the off the court stuff, just the on court, just basketball 101. He brought up game six and how uh, they had ran placed in game six of the Eastern Conference semis to get Joe Allen beat the ball. But the ball wasn't making there because James Harden's flailing, trying to draw fouls and taking these awful step-back threes. So, yeah, you could kind of tell there was a disconnect to your point, Trevor, about James saying, yeah, if Doc comes back, I'm not coming back. And Doc saying, yeah, he was a handful to deal with. I mean, that's just... (laughs) There were parts of that podcast that I... I was like, all right, that makes sense. Oh, I hated there hearing Doc's voice. That, I got furious as soon as I heard him. Yeah, I mean, you know, it's one thing like, okay, now you want to be an insightful head coach. Like, we could have used this shit three weeks ago, four weeks ago, whenever we were playing the Boston. Like, okay, cool. You're the head coach. Then make, then sub them out, do something else. But the fact that, like, you know, you want to put the hands, you know, put the blame on Harden about being a selfish player. I get it. Of course, Harden's living on the back of, like, you know, him being in... Yeah, when he was playing with Houston, he was that guy. He could say, I'm going to run the offense, and it's going to be fine because he was averaging 40 points a game for you know a year and a half, so it was okay. But he never got that click of like, okay, I'm older now. I can't do this shit anymore. 
at the same time, Harden's going to pass it into a banged up Embiid. It was all about Embiid's health too. So like, you know, I get that now that Doc is enlightened and not a coach and has no more pressure to like say shit. At the same time, he didn't know how to go control that whole team. And he has proven that he doesn't know how to control teams in tough times. Yeah. He's done it yeah. year over Clippers year. Team. Yeah, I mean, come on now. He, he, he talked about that Clippers team so much during But he that laughed podcast, about it too. It's like they like, won anything. Someone's, I know. I mean, the thing that, that bothered me about it, the thing that bothered, I think, most people about Doc's whole tenure thing is that he takes no responsibility no. for anything. Dude, he threw that Magic team under the bus again. I know. It's it's unbelievable. He said even Austin came over and said, I'm, you know, we're getting beat out there. And He's like, oh, up, that's man. it. I'm out. We're there. We're done. This like, is why I would see no... a guy who, who's blown that many, you know, leads in the playoffs and this and that just continue to see himself as this, like, Hall of Fame coach who doesn't do Dude, anything wrong. It's just he doesn't like, live in reality. The, the no. ego is unbelievable, and he's a pathological liar. Like I doubt Austin, his son, came up to him and said, "Yeah, we're getting smoked right now." That's what I'm saying. He he's, just makes stuff up, dude. And he's like, "Well, it's one thing if the starters are hitting threes on you, but once those backups are hitting threes, the whole team lost faith." I'm like, "Okay, I understand that mindset." We're like, "Yeah, if you're on the court, you know, and someone that you don't respect is hitting on you, okay, fine." But as the coach, you call timeout. You say, "This guy's a bum. Let's fucking let's go, let's go, guys. Come on, guys. Yeah, come on. Now, now as a podcast guy, now you have this enlightened version of what you would say to those to those players. Come on, now, go. F- yeah, he's, he's he's frustrating, man. Yeah, every it's you see in every league, grown men, grown athletes that are adults that have been in the league for a while are hard to deal with. But your job as the head coach is to navigate that relationship. Channel that energy, channel that anger, or whatever, into output. And he can't do it. He's shown that year over year, time over time. But I also knew he fucking loved Bill Belichick, too. So that was another thing. I fucking yeah, that was yeah, funny, yeah. man. You love you, Boston, he's you like, yeah, I'm going to go hang yeah. with my man, Bill. Yeah. It's like you would be friends with this guy. You but then he also and... said that we're not friends. I'm just, his definition of hanging out with Bill was like just being near Bill Belichick while he was doing his own thing. Because he never really what, actually what said that he was like hanging out. What relationship is that? It's a Doc Rivers just in his mind, fucked up world, you know. He, just, he, seem, he seems like a guy who has, uh, he has acquaintances but doesn't have any yeah. friends. That's probably <laughs> like, fair. He's like, Bill invited me to a game once. I'm up in the nosebleeds. We're great friends. No, you're not. That's not how it works. That's not what say this is. He did say on the field. No, no. But I'm just yeah. saying. <laughs> it's just... I think the podcast was good in some ways. You know, he had good good tidbits about Embiid too. Like, yeah, but yeah. It, it was all shit that we all know. He was like, Harden wants the ball more, and Embiid can't stay healthy. Yeah, the the thing he brought up about Harden being great with the ball, but being really bad without it. It's fair. It's true. I mean, it's nothing new. It's just like, Doc, if you had known this for so long. You could have prepared for that moment. Like, all regular season tried to get him to do things without the ball. You didn't. And as a result, our offense became very predictable at times, especially when he's taking 18 seconds to, to get into to get into the action. And uh, I don't know, man. It's easy for Doc now sitting on the sidelines to look back. But, yeah, for him... It's good that he takes a year off. He alluded to taking a, uh, some time off. 22 he years in a row a, of He not... needs to take some time off and really kind of figure out 
hey, if he really wants to coach, it almost seems like he doesn't the way he acts in these media appearances. Yeah. I know. I mean, well, that that's what kind of it felt like to me too. Is that this is him, uh, you know, giving an audition for media jobs. <laughs> He said as much at the end. He's like, I yeah. would love to commentate games. Yeah. I would love to call games. Need that sterling voice on the broadcast. Yeah, I want that monotone Cookie Monster voice. In my I mean, he might be. Night. I'm sure he's probably be good. I remember when he used to call games like 20 yeah. some years ago. He actually was good. He sounded totally different. I know. I, I've Have you ever seen those memes? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Dude, he sounded so different. But uh, he was like he... really good back then. Yeah, I'm not. He's like, I'm... <laughs> yeah. I've had a, a chicken bone stuck in my throat for the past 20 years. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But, uh, yeah, I don't have any other sixes. Uh, do we want to talk about Bradley Bill? I think we're all uh, in agreement kinda, that we don't want I him. think that's up in the air still. I mean, yeah. You know, I'm kind of running up against it. I don't think we get him. I don't think there's a chance. I don't want him. Nah, neither do I. He's like lesser Dame Lillard, and I don't yeah. know it's if like I even want Dame. The only, the only scenario where they're going to get him is, is one in which Harden's gone, gone, so you're pretty much replacing Harden with Beal, and that, that just does not excite no. me at all. No, if you were Harden with uh, Lillard, of, of course, but not, not Beal. Yeah. All right, so we're all in agreement. We don't need to talk about it too much. Plus, we got to talk about this whole 95 eruption. 95, Did you right? find a sound clip? Not the Northeast, baby. Not my homeland. Yeah. Avoid Northeast Philadelphia. That's my You've exit. seen that on the signs. <laughs> yeah, for a second I thought that was some white noise on my headphones. That's my exit right there, Copman. And uh, I bet it is. That is yeah. my exit. Coming off after every game, as a young buck, you know, going to my first Eagles games or whatever. That was the exit. Big Brown took. That's what we call a little RV that we take to every game. Right after at that exit, no more. It's yeah, all yeah, blown up. Using that exit no time soon. Dunzo. Yeah, it's just crazy. I love too the old conspiracy theorists now too. Like when that first went down to like, oh, I wonder yeah. if that was a. That's what I wanted to talk about. Is somebody? A, where's the truck? Yeah, where's, where's the guy? The where's like, the guy? Well, like the guy was like the uh, guy died. Yeah, You're driving you nine thousand gallons yeah, of gasoline. God rest his soul. The guy was pretty much incinerated. He was a R.I.P. A vet, you know, fifty-something-year-old guy, but driving for trucks for a decade. Like the guy knows what he's doing. Just a freak accident. They were like, he ran away. He knew he... he. People thought he parked the truck he there, was, lit it on fire, and ran away. I'm like, you know how... What? What does he have to gain from that? Also, you can't park on a ramp like that. What do you mean? Anyway, so that was that thing. But it's an unfortunate, tragic event. Classic. It happened in Philadelphia. And the fact that Shapiro came out and goes, this is our championship. This is where we're going to shine. I'm like, can we stop with this shit? Because every time we put a championship on Philadelphia, it never How works out. How is that a championship? It's that Philadelphia mentality. We blew up a highway. It doesn't make any sense. I mean, that's kind of cool. It'd be cool if he lived. Instead, but... I love the fact that instead of rebuilding 95, they were like, we're just going to push everything together. Dump it's... concrete. Call it a day for a little bit. And then we're going to fix it. You know what I'm that like, sounds what do you like? Mean? <laughs> that sounds like the Flyers and their aggressive retool. You it know what I'm does. saying? That sounds like an aggressive retooling of I 95. <laughs> Miss me with that bullshit. You yeah. said we're going to dump a solid block of concrete. Meanwhile, that was a road. Like how, So now you got to redirect the. Tr- oh, I, Bad. good lord. Uh, there's, one, there's one funny conspiracy theory that apparently a couple weeks ago, a. Uh, other, this is an article from the Daily Dot. Says others pointed out to uh, point to reports last month regarding ammonium nitrate that went missing from a train car 
Uh, although investigators said that their initial findings this is the explosive material leaked from the train car, conspiracy theorists have cited the incident as proof that the government stole the fertilizer for a false flag attack. So they stole all this ammonium nitrate from a train in California, brought it all the way to the other side of the country to, bl- <laughs> to blow Just people to blow really believe they- that? <laughs> like, yeah, dude. Oh, man, it's so good. I saw, like, you know, people thinking there was, like, a, a false flag attack from, like, environmentalists to try to, you know, shut down all the, all the, all the, 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 the fossil fuel guzzling cars, which, <laughs> you Right, know, so first they purchased a million dollars worth yeah. of gasoline, and then they blew up the thing. They're blowing up on a major arterial a highway. Guy, a guy I work with was like, don't you think it's weird that he just happened to be coming off the exit ramp right where that 95 went over and blew it up, just like... That thing spilled over in Ohio and spilled out that crazy gas that killed all those fish and what people. I'm like, hell? man, you are. First off, how do we work together in the same building? <laughs> Second off, that makes no fucking sense. What are we doing here? Relax. It makes like shit happens. It was a freak accident. It's called an accident for a reason. And then, yeah, hello, you think this guy wanted to die to make a point? No, it's fast. What's like, wrong with people? Come on, now this guy lives in Philadelphia. He's probably just come off the ramp that he always does. But yeah, he's a Philly guy. You know, grew you up hit, in Pensacola. You hit a ramp, probably hit the ramp a little too hard. All that liquid probably sloshed over and tipped the truck. And unfortunately, you're carrying gasoline, so it, all you need is one spark. Unfortunately enough, and that ship, you know, tortured guy, guy rides his soul. It's an unfortunate, tragic event, definitely. But Yo, you know all these conspiracy theorists, man. Just I'm also not gonna lie. I'm not gonna lie. We're four days in. I'm over the memes. I think that we're we're past this point. Like I don't need to see any more of this fucking like. Yo, what about your boy saying, "Damn, dude, I was passed out." Who's that? Know, that, 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 <laughs> that, that, that guy, guy was Northeast uh, Philly as hell. Well, the yeah. one guy that was like, "We're taking all the L's." Yeah, lost the Super Bowl. Yeah, yeah him. <laughs> That's your boy. <laughs> okay, He's, that shit was. He funny. had a couple interviews. That shit was the first one was funny. That I liked. He's like, now we lost ninety five. We just take L's here in Philly. That was funny. Yeah, I'll, that was like. The, the peak of humor about the event. I'm like, all right, I get that. The, the, one, the, one, the one funny thing that was announced today, I think it was during um, Josh Shapiro's press oh, conference. Oh, they're going to have the live the stream? Live, the live stream. Yo, I was thinking we got to rebuild it. It's like, you know how they have those those live streams of like uh, animal shelters or it's like, you know, you can look at this. Uh, or like a this, bald eagle being born. Yeah, to, like, you, can, you can look at this, this yeah. video feed of uh, kittens or, or whatever. Now that you can Now you can do the same thing with construction workers. Man, we've been uh, living the live feed for the last shit. 30 years going on 95. That shit's always been in construction. Like, this isn't anything that new. That is true. Yeah. yeah. This ain't nothing new. I saw someone have a party, though, on the other part of 95. Like, the more... So, like, where it broke, I guess, the northbound part. To have a party where everyone shows up in construction outfits. and just Because, like, you can't travel on it for a while. Is that safe to just hang out up there, though? Ain't nobody driving on it. You can't, drive, you can't yeah, go I anywhere. A it's couple hundred... Cut, a couple hundred people way less than uh, twenty cars. Yeah, no, this, this this is the perfect time to go to that place and do donuts on ninety five. <laughs> bring all those bring all those kids back. It's like, hey, where's you know, Elmo at? I wish yeah. I had Elmo up in the back in the background too when that shit blew up. Oh yeah, yeah. But classic Northeast. I did. I don't know if Hannah sent me our dentist that we go to up here. Damn, your dentist isn't on the memes. Delisi, right here at Snyder. Real good dentist, but he put a uh, meme up yeah, that was funny as shit, and it was like, uh, now that we cut off the Northeast from the rest of the world, in the next 10 years with this rebuild, that dialect's going to be fucked up. Yeah, no I one's going to know what they're saying, yeah. <laughs> but, you know, 
But yo, man, Pat, I think you brought this up in uh, in our group message. You said we had the wind with the smoke. What'd you say? We had the we had the water with seventy six. Yeah, the water with seventy six. The wind with and, the smoke. Uh, and with the water contamination, mm-hmm. we had the, the we had the the heart could we had be. The, could be fire. So we had the water with the water contamination when the Delaware got fucked up. Then we had, we're not sure if it's fire or smoke or wind, but I'm going to say I guess fire for Canada that fucked us wind up. Wind for us. Wind that messed us up. This is either the earth this or earth. fire. Yeah, this is no, earth, you know, because 95 collapsed. This is some fucking shit that. And we is, had the heart ripped from us and all the teams yeah, lost. This is some actual. Dude, we just need one more, and we got the Philly Cat and Planet, yo. Mm-hmm. What were we missing? Just fire? Fire. Fire. Which, I mean, there you was know, a lot of fire. Two, well, I mean, fire is what brought down the, the fucking highway. Well, then we're missing... So we're missing Earth. Unless we, like... Then we're we missing Earth. But I think... I'd need to have, like, an earthquake or something, or... Uh, dude, fire. I think we say that that's Earth, and we we just wait for, wait for the 4th of July sure when be a someone fire. irresponsibly like shoots off yeah. fireworks, and we got fire. FDR's someone, on yeah, fire. Someone will, yeah, someone will, will, will set Fairmount on fire. So then we'll have Philly Cat and Planet. This right? is a prediction that I don't want to happen, but it's, it's seemingly it's happen, in the hands. Man. It's happening here. Yeah. Philly Cat and Planet, dude. <laughs> He'll be badass, right? What I got in the, written down here. <laughs> Philly Cat and Planet. He'll be our champion. He'll be pounding Twisted Tees, right? He'll be smoking Newports. Okay, the Twisted poles. Tees will be the water. The Newports will be the wind. He'll be grilling hot dogs. That's the fire, man. He'll be rolling around on a quad climbing poles. That's the earth. And he'll have the heart of 8 million drunk Eagles fans. He'll be undefeatable, <laughs> <Yeah>. man. <laughs> Philly Cat Planet's going to be gangster. Yeah, we'll not... Not do anything for the environment, but oh, he'll definitely no. be a cool guy to hang out yeah, with. He'll be the man, dude, with his Philly accent talking shit. That'll mm-hmm. be the day. But, uh, yeah, it's been a crazy year in Philadelphia with all this stuff going on. It's been, at, you can't, you can't make this shit up. I mean, we always talk shit about 95 even before this thing happened. Like, it'll never get repaired. Now it's like, it definitely will never get repaired because, like, it just collapsed right there with us. The Which, world, the world will end in '95. Will still be under construction. They'll still be working. They're like cockroaches. Like you know, they're never gonna die. But those workers that work on '95, they'll always be there. A nuke could go off Philadelphia. You're gonna see somebody up there like smoking a cig. They're always standing around like. Right, yeah, someone will be holding yeah. a sign that says "Stop." Turn it around. Go. You'll see all the like detour exit ramps. And there won't like, even be what? anyone to say "Stop" and go to. We'll all be dead. Nope. It's 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 Philadelphia, baby. Though we're Brazilian. Yep, that, that's Philly, man. Philly Cat and Planet will be the greatest champion the world ever seen. We're waiting for a hero. Not all heroes wear capes. <laughs> yeah. I don't think Captain Planet had a cape. Nah, he nah, definitely didn't have a cape. He was cape. But yeah, the cape, the, the cape probably takes up too, uh, too many natural resources to make. He's, you know. Can't, flyable. Can't, can't be doing, doing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, nah, yeah. Can't have that flammable cape. Oh, man. RIP 95. <laughs> Yeah, I guess that just about does it. Um, please leave us a review, leave us likes, ratings, whatever it is. Email, send us an email. Yeah, citywidepod at gmail.com. Send us an email. And from all of us here at the Citywide, good morning, good afternoon, good night. Peace. See ya.